abundantly. And they might have it more abundantly. The thief's first and primary focus is to steal. That means he, can't, he comes to invade, to seize, and to carry away something that you view as valuable, folks. Tonight, I want to speak for a few moments on this topic, an aggressive thief, an aggressive thief. Lord, we're thankful again to be able to be in the house of prayer today. Thankful, Lord, for all of our teachers that taught today in every class in the word, God, that was given to souls here today. Thankful, Lord, for the word this morning, God, that we were able, Lord, to impart to people and thankful for your presence this morning and also this evening in our worship service, God, as you have dealt with us, prepared us, Lord, for your word again tonight. God, help every one of us in this house tonight, Lord, to have our ears open, our hearts, oh God, receptive to your word and help us, God, to be awake, oh Lord, and watchful concerning the things of God. Do your work tonight, Lord, in this service and help me in handling the word of God and delivering it to these fine folks tonight. To you be all glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Before you see it, look at someone and said, Pastor, won't you to listen tonight? You may be seated. An aggressive enemy. Obadiah chapter 1 and verse 5 says this. If thieves came to thee, if robbers by night, how art thou cut off? Would they not have stolen till they had enough? If the grape gatherers came to thee, would they not leave some grapes? A thief rarely strips a house of all of its content. A thief enters the house and with the intent of taking something of value, but not everything all at once. He or she will almost always leave other valuables, valuable things behind. But whether it is your most valuable possession or one of your least valuable possession, the fact remains the thief took something from you. Jesus chooses to use these words in Matthew chapter 21, den of thieves. Matthew 21 and 13, he says this, And he said unto them, It is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. I was studying this portion of scripture and praying over it, and God, I believe, gave me a little insight to what was going on in this scripture here. The den of thieves, we believe, has to refer to what was going on in his day. In the day in which Jesus lived, the thieves, the robbers, would oftentimes find a cave or a den in that mountainous area in Judah, and they would hide in those caves and in those dens. So when he said a den of thieves, he was probably referring to what was going on right there in that city in that day. But he said, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Jesus said, ye have made it. Let me put it another way. You have changed it or converted it. In my opinion, three words are very key to this verse. Those three words is, it is written. It is written. What is written? 
He said this, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. The word of God clearly states that the original intent of the house has been changed to something different. How? By the choices they made. Their choices were made in accordance to their priorities. Remember, prayer is an action, folks. Prayer is an action. It was called the house of prayer, not because that was the official name, but only because that's what God viewed as an important usage of that house. But humanity changed it. Prayer was replaced with materialism. Prayer was replaced with materialism. Jesus makes it very clear that what we choose to do may also affect what we should be doing. What we should choose, what we choose to do may steal from us more than what we realize, church. Every moment that we they used that house to do something different than what God wanted them to do was viewed by God as something stolen from God. See, every minute we use to do what we want to do instead of doing what God wants us to do, we are robbing from God our Creator, folks. We are living in a day when people want to say, show me, pastor, show me chapter and verse where the Bible says, I can't do that. Or I should be doing that, okay? Then I want to you for you to show me chapter and verse where it states that these folks could not buy or sell in the temple. Come on, give me a verse Give me a verse or a chapter where it says that they were not allowed to sell things in the outer court of that place. Let me tell you something. I studied. It's not there. It's important to realize that they want to buy and sell was lawful, folks. So their actions weren't against the law. They couldn't be charged with any crime. No one could have put a finger at them and say, according to the law, you're doing wrong. Yet God did. See, and folks, look at the zeal of God when God makes his statement. Verse number 12 of Matthew 21 says this, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seed of them that sold doves. I think he got just a little excited. I think he was going just a little aggressive against some things that were happening that he viewed as being wrong, folks. Some people say, Pastor, don't get too excited. You apostolic people, you're supposed to be very passive and only be loving. Yeah, we love God enough that we're willing to fight for truth and what is right. We need to get a backbone as the people of God. 
I know this goes against some of you and your thinking, but folks, just stay with me for just a few minutes. Why did God get so excited? Because everything has two views. There's the human's view, and there is God's view. God's view is in accordance to his intent. Everybody say God's intent. Say it again, God's intent. Not only did God have a plan on how the house of God was to be built, but he also had a plan for the purpose of the house of God. God not only said, I want you to build it this way and that way and this way or that way, but in God's mind and in God's purpose, he says, I have a specific intent for the house of God. You need to hear me tonight, folks. Not only did God tell him word by word in what was to be built, but when he built it, he was looking into the future and said, that house is going to be built because I want some specific things done in the house of God. Hear me. Prayer is communicating with God and God with humanity. Prayer is a means to build a relationship with God. And you cannot build a good relationship with God without prayer. Can somebody say amen? When God was building that house and giving them instructions on how to build that house, it was referred to the house of prayer. But the house of prayer, or the house of God, or what you want to call the house of prayer, according to God, was a place of connecting with God. But humanity had converted it to a place to connect with humanity so that they may be able to benefit physically and financially. It's a sad day when we use what God has ordained for his purposes to advance our purposes. We're living in a world today where people are using the church not to advance the kingdom of God, but to advance their own kingdom. Not to get things for the kingdom of God, but to put things in their own bank account and build their own kingdom. It's a sad day when we are using what God intended for him and to be used for him for our own self, folks. We as the children of God should look deeper and our walk with God should be stronger than just the do's and the don'ts. Our walk should, with God should be more than just saying, Pastor, you got to show me a chapter and you got to show me a verse. No, we should be asking this, what was God's intent when he made me? God, what was your intent when you made me? What was his intent when he saved you, folks? We got to get beyond just wondering what the do's and the don'ts are. We got to understand why God made you and why God saved you. Hear me today. I don't want to live for God with just the do's and the don'ts as my guidelines. Can I get an amen in the house tonight? But I've got to find out God... What was your intent when you created me? I understand that according to Jeremiah, you formed me in your hand. You breathed into me the breath of a life. If you did that, then you had an intent for creating me and making me, and I want to know why I am here. God, why am I here? 
but the word that Jesus used to describe these folks was a den of thief. The Bible refers to the devil as a liar and as a thief and as a robber. Hear me today. You better hear this, Pastor, if you've ever heard a sermon before. The palace of praise is in the crosshairs of the enemy of this church. We right now at the palace of praise are on dead so focus of the enemy himself. A thief that wants to steal from you the very intent for which you were created and why God has placed you here at the palace of praise. You need to get it in your mind. You're not here by accident. You're here according to the intent and the purpose of God and you need to find out why you are here. God didn't call you by accident. You wasn't just once that he just heard it up when there was a bunch of other cattle that he was trying to get into the church. He called you by name. He formed you in the womb. He saved you specifically. Honey, why? There is an intent that he has for you. And the enemy of your soul wants to steal from you the intent that God has for you. Did you make it so interesting that the enemy did not tear down the temple of God yet? He simply changed what the intent of the temple of intent of God was for the temple. Do you hear me? The enemy allowed the temple to still stay there. Why? Because it was not being used according to what God had intended it to be used. Yet the enemy, by converting and changing the intent, had now limited what God could do. So hear me today. It's not just important that you park your carcass in the church. It's important you find out why you are here in the church. God has a reason. God has a purpose. You have an intent. God has an intent for you. Somebody clap your hands and shout amen tonight. You need to hear your pastor. If you don't find out why you're here, you won't be here long. If you don't find out why you're here, you won't be here long. Why? Because the enemy will lie to you. The enemy will create things in you that will cause you to want to leave. But when you understand what your intent is, honey, there's no devil in hell that's going to be able to pluck you out of the hand of God because you're going to know why you are here. Some of you don't believe it, and some of you are totally unaware of what's going on in the spirit realm. I'm not criticizing you. I'm not pointing fingers with you. I'm just a pastor who's trying to preach to you tonight. Just let me rehearse some of the things that have been going on in the just the last few days. Last week, someone stole our car. This week, someone showed up and dumped their garbage on the front steps of our church. This week, someone came and defecated on the front sidewalk of our church, right here in the front of the church. If you don't know what that is, go look it up in a dictionary. There are a number of things that have happened in just the last few weeks to several different members here at the Palace of Praise. If if you're one of them, can you shout amen? 
things that have happened over and over that I cannot and do not have the liberty to begin to open up and tell this church about. But somebody better listen to your pastor. We are in the crosshairs of the enemy of the soul of our souls. He wants to destroy this church. He wants to destroy you, and he wants to keep us from having revival. Why? Because tonight we're going to baptize somebody in the name of Jesus, and the devil don't want them to do it. But we're going to do it. God's not going to. Come on. God's going to help us have revival. He's not going to stop us from seeing souls saved. Oh, clap your hands and shout it to God. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hear me tonight. You may be seated. You say, well, that's quite a few things that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a motivation of why I'm preaching tonight. Thirsty. Damien comes in. He says, hey, Dad, somebody broke in the house. I said, what? Somebody broke in the house. Middle of the day. Nine o'clock in the morning. Broke into the house. Thank God they were smiling when they did it. Because if most of you may not have known, there are a ton of cameras all over this property. So you better be careful what you do. Because there's an all-seeing-eye watching you. So the camera is recording everything this individual is doing. So I went and pulled off the footage and the video showing the guy. We called the police. I did snapshots of him. Looks just like it's professional, folks. Every little thing. Snapshots. Police showed up. Devin's my witness. He said to us, he said, this is highly unusual. He said, they don't usually do break-ins this early in the morning. They do them later in the day. They don't do it in a place that has this much high visibility. And looking, and looking at all this stuff, it makes no sense. There seems like there's no fear. They're not worried about getting caught. Went to the front door and shook the door. Went to the other side door and shook the door. Then went around to the windows and tried to get in window after window trying to get in the house. Never worrying about in the video you see car after car after car go by. But yet they never stopped. They were never scared away. Hear me today. Never scared away. They just kept on looking for an open door and all of a sudden they found a way to get in the house. Broke into the house. Okay, then all of a sudden, come home, go in the front door. Camera's all showing it. Did you realize that when we left the house, when they left the house, and when he came to the house, was only 11 minutes afterwards. He was casing, he was watching. He was watching things. Folks, when he got ready to break into the house, he didn't park his car a half a mile down the road. He parked his car directly in front of the house. He walked up to the door and knocked on the door and then began to do his trip. It's all on the video. And the police said, this is crazy. I can't believe this guy is doing this this way. It's totally crazy. Goes into the house, steals the merchandise. And, they, and all of a sudden, in comes the door. They return to the house. As they're going in the front door, 
He's running out the back door. Camera's catching every bit of it. He's running out the door. He runs in and he takes just two things. You know what he steals? There's an iPad laying on a bed. There's a laptop laying on the bed. There's all kinds of other valuable things laying around. And this could make a good marketing tool. He stole a pair of Curry basketball shoes. Left everything else. Stole just the shoes. Camera shows him running out of the house carrying the shoes. Then he runs and hides them in another place. All while the camera is recording him hiding it in another place. Then he comes back. Car parked in front of the house means he has to come back. Since entering the house, you could tell somebody was exiting the back of the house. So he came back out into the front yard. There he comes up and he says, hi, how you guys doing? Then gets in his car and drives off. Is that insanity? That house has not been broken into for tw probably 20 years. Car has never been stolen. I did not tell you the last time somebody dumped a whole load of garbage on the front steps of this church and I cannot tell you except a few months ago when a homeless guy defecated on the back steps of our church, somebody coming to the front of our church and deciding to defecate on the front sidewalks of our step. You can say these are all just a bunch of incidents that really don't matter. But to me, I see it as more than that. I see it that we are in the crosshairs of the enemy of this church. You need to hear me. After that thing happened, I was praying later. And the Lord said, what has happened in the physical is happening in the spiritual. What happened in the physical is now happening to the palace of praise in the spiritual. You need to hear your pastor tonight. The enemy of this church is going around. I preached it just Wednesday night, a Sunday night, a week ago, and stood and said, we got to be careful, parents, on what we got going on in the church. Why? Because any one of us, can you remember my sermon? Every one of us are an access to the church. Every one of us are a window and a door and an access that people can, the enemy can get to this church. Did not anyone in this church hear me preach that last Sunday? And the Holy Ghost began to prompt me. Somebody needs to understand the enemy is not playing games with the palace of prey. He's been coming around to some of you and shaking your window and checking your door. What's he doing? He's trying to find just the slightest little crack in your window. He's trying to find just the slightest little area that he can gain access into your life. Because if he can get into your life, he gets into my life. If he gets into your life, he gets into this church and he can make a lots of damage happen at the palace of praise. You better hear me tonight. We're under a spiritual attack and honey, it's coming after us. Why? All I can think is this. The devil has to be seeing that some people are about to break forth and have their deliverance and he's fighting with all that is within him. All I can say is I'm ready for the fight. I'm ready for the fight. Bring it on, devil. We're standing for truth. Come on, clap your hands, church.
be seated. Within just a few hours, the police showed back up. They popped open their laptop, and me and Devin was standing there, and he said, is that the guy right there? Man, this is Washington County. I got to give them some props tonight. Man, it was fast. I'm talking about just in a few hours. They're back here with their laptop open saying, is that the guy right there? Yeah, that's the guy right there. Okay, we're going to get him now, and we're going to arrest him. Woo! You know what? I found a message in that too. My God knows before they ever tried to break in who was going to break in. And God knows every attack that's coming towards you. He knows every spirit that's coming your way. He knows every leather, lion, demon that's coming your way. I got eyes in the sky. My God is aware. He knows where we are at the palace of praise. He's watching church. He's watching church. Oh, hallelujah. Are you ready? First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says this, but be sober. Be vigilant. Why? There's a reason why. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about around the house. Around the house. Should have probably showed you that video. It probably scares some of you so bad you probably wouldn't even sleep knowing there's some crazy people that bold out there walking around the house. And the next says seeking. Seeking whom he may devour. If I've ever preached a message in the Holy Ghost, you're hearing one tonight. And I'm putting this church on alert. You better get your eyes open. You better learn to start praying. You better lay aside some materialism and the things that, the, come on, the enemy is rubbing from you. And you better start making a house of prayer. You better start turning your eyes to God and being in a relationship with God. Why? The enemy is after you and after the palace of praise. Seeking whom he may devour. The word to be sober means to abstain from wine. Keep sober. When a person gets drunk, their senses are affected and their ability to be able to react, to react to things are hindered. You can't discern things right. You can't see right. You can't even walk right when you're intoxicated. Folks, Peter is making it clear. You need to be on your guard. Everybody say on your guard. Peter also used the word vigilant, which means to be awake, watchful, and alert. I'm trying to tell this church, folks, we need to get our eyes open in the spirit realm. I need a church that's going to watch and pray. I need a church that's going to be awake in the middle of this attack from the enemy. I need a church that knows how to hit their knees and get a hold of God, not only for us, but for the souls that God wants to deliver. Now, I think it's very interesting, and hear me tonight. The Bible states this. It says, the devil as a lion. Everybody says, as a lion. The devil as a lion. The Bible does not state that he is a lion. The Bible states he is as 
a lion. It states he's trying to act like a lion. His, some of his characteristics are like that of a lion. Do you know one of the characteristics of a lion? When a lion's coming towards you, you don't go, boo. Boo. Go away, kitty. Go away. Why? Because a lion weighs 400 pounds. A lion can jump 30 feet with one jump. A lion can jump over an eight-foot fence with one leap. A lion at one sitting, I'm saying sitting, can eat 80 pounds of meat. Thank God that means I'm a three-meal deal. <laughs> so he's only going to get a third of me, and then I can run away with the other two-thirds, maybe. He can only eat 85 pounds of meat at a time. But the lion is aggressive. The policeman said... This is totally out of character for even these guys. This makes no sense. It's almost like he doesn't care and is paying no attention. A lion isn't worried about who else is around. He marches around because what? He's the biggest, the baddest, and the strongest he thinks. So he's not worried about everybody else, folks. This man was bold and shaking windows and doors. And the devil is not being intimidated about you because you're saying, well, I want to let the devil know that I'm an apostolic, and so now he should be scared. I, I want you to know, devil, I go to the palace of praise. Devil, I want you to know I pay my tithe. Boo. I'm preaching. He's not scared because you're a member of the palace of praise. He's not scared because you're just here at the church. He's not scared because of your long sleeves and all the other dress things you got. I'll tell you why he's scared is when you get on your knees and begin to pray and get a hold of God and then you begin to get the power and the anointing of God. Then he will be scared away, folks. You hear me tonight? We cannot fight this battle in our flesh. We as a people cannot push away the devil. But we have a God that is greater than our enemy. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world, folks. Woo! You hear me? I'll tell you what he wants. He simply wants to appear to us as a dominating and fierce enemy. The devil likes to act like God. Did you know that? He's always wanted to be God and in the position of God. That's the reason why we find in Exodus, we read this. When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, show a miracle for you, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh and did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants. And guess what? The rod became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also calls the, called the wise men and the, and the sorcerers folks. Now the magicians of Egypt also. And they also did. And they also did. 
The Bible says, did in like manner. Everybody say, in like manner. They tried to duplicate what the anointed of God had just done according to the word of God. But it says, when they did it with their enchantments. And the Bible says, and they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. Everybody say, serpents. God turned the rod into a serpent. But when, what turned the rods of the other men into serpents? It wasn't any human power, folks. It wasn't God. It was the devil and the spirit that was controlling those people. Hear me, it wasn't God. God turned Aaron's rod. But these other men, it says men, cast down their rods. Not a rod, but rods. And the Bible said they became serpents. If you break into the story right there and you're looking at what's going on, you know what you're going to find at that point? Moses and Aaron has one serpent. These guys have many serpents. What they could do by the word of God, these guys are duplicating by the spirit of the devil. Somebody better wake up and realize the spiritual things you've been playing with, it's not a joke. The things you've been listening to and the music you've been listening to, you're playing with dangerous things. The websites you've been visiting, the pornography you've been looking at, it's not a game you need to be playing with. You're playing with spirits. You're playing with spirits. You're dealing with the devil and the evil things of this world, folks. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost when I said that. Some of you need to turn some of the junk you've been listening to off and stop listening to it. And some of you, if you can't stop visiting the websites, you need to turn off your internet and turn off your phone. Why? Salvation is that important. <laughs> Woo! Somebody hear your pastor. Honey, we got people that are standing in churches tonight that are going to speak in tongues and they're going to prophesy, but it is not God. I was in this church years ago and we had a young person that gave me hell, literally hell, in this church. Wouldn't do anything. They were defiant and all hell here. And all of a sudden, they're over here. And boy, they're just speaking in tongues. And I think, man, they're getting deliverance and they're getting God. I walked over and right here, folks, I walked over and put my hand on them. The minute I touched their head, I literally yanked my hand off because God said, that's not my spirit. Then my hand went back on their head and I put my hand on their head and I said, I rebuke this spirit and hear me. Immediately when I said, I rebuke this spirit in Jesus' name, they stopped speaking in tongues. Don't you tell me we're not dealing with spirits around here. Don't tell me that the palace of praise is not in the crosshair of the enemy of our soul. Honey, he's out to get you. He's dealing with people's minds. He's dealing with your spirit. He's dealing with your health. He's dealing with your home. He's dealing with your relationship. But hear me, I have a God that is greater than anything the enemy can do. 
I have a God that is greater than anything. He is the almighty church. Oh, clap your hands and rejoice. Woo! Aaron cast it down according. You may say you're preaching a little long tonight. You better throw your watch away and get out your calendar tonight. He threw down that rod according to the will of God and the serpent popped up. These guys show up and they're being controlled by an evil spirit. They throw it down and they all come to serpents. And we're looking at that and saying, my, my God, we're outnumbered. Uh, we're just... We're just one little, we're just one little, and look, look at how many the enemy's bringing against us. But just wait. Let's just wait. I'm bothering some of you right now because I'm just waiting. Just wait. You know what I don't find in the scripture? I do not find where Aaron or Moses said anything. But now, after their serpent, their rods turned to serpents, I find this verse happen. The Bible says, and Aaron's and Aaron's rod swallowed up all their rods. <laughs> Woo! Okay, devil, bring them on. Attack our homes one by one. Seek to get an inroad into different people in the house. Start creating issues in their house and creating tension. Go ahead, threaten them that they're going to lose their job. Go ahead, attack their health and their body. Go ahead, let things start happening. Let their cars get stolen. Let the house get broken in. Let the enemy come and dump junk all over the front of the house. Let them defecate on the front steps of the church. Let all of the things keep coming at us. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to keep waning. Why? Because I know who's got all power in heaven and earth, and I'm just going to wait. So I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to trust God. Why? Because read the book. The reason why Aaron cast down the rod? Because God told him to. Do you know why we're doing what we're doing here at the Palace of Praise? Because God told us to. If I do what God tells me to do, all I have to do is obey. And if I obey in time, God is going to show he's the Almighty and he'll take care of things. We can easily be deceived with what we see at any given moment in life. See, if you were looking down and you looked and saw just the one serpent and you seen the many over there, you could automatically say, I want to be with the many. Let me tell you something. There are more people that are serving the devil than are serving God. We are way outnumbered here in this Aloha Beaverton area, folks, as the apostolic, apostolics, as the apostolics, folks. But I don't care about numbers. 
All we got to do is be on the right side and keep obeying God and wait for God to step in, folks. Hear me, the devil is being, an aggressive, is being aggressive toward this church. He's trying to intimidate people that are in this church. He's trying to scare people in this church. Why? Because fear can paralyze. But as much as there's a verse, 1 Peter 5 and 8, there are some other verses in this book too. And as much as that verse gives us insight in what the enemy is trying to do, we also have some verses that tell us what our side is going to do. Are you ready? Joel chapter 3. Oh, Joel was the one who talked about what? And in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit upon man, all mankind. Oh, yeah, that's the same guy. Oh, he talked about how they're going to prophesy and how he's going to do a great thing. Well, Joel had something else to say. In verse 16 of chapter 3, he says this, The Lord also shall roar out The Lord also shall, what roars, not kitty cats. What roars, not camels. What roars, lions, tigers. And the Lord also shall roar out. Can't hear you. In the Bible, Zion represents the church. Am I telling the truth, Bishop? Represents the church. Woo! You know the loudest voice that should be coming to this community? Shouldn't be a voice that thunders out of heaven. It should be a roar of prayer, praise that comes out of Zion. The Lord should be roaring out of Zion. There should be a voice of triumph. There should be a voice of praise. There should be a voice of prayer that comes out of Zion. God, help us to lift our voice, church. Oh. You say, what's going on? And uttereth his voice from Jerusalem. God speaking. And the heavens and the earth shall. And what's going to happen? Pastor, what's going to happen? But the Lord will be. <laughs> the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Go ahead, devil. I can't stop you. Only God can stop you. You may want to go ahead and God may allow you to continue to shake windows at the palace of praise and check every door and every avenue to get into this church. And I cannot stop. I'm just going to have to wait until God takes care of you. But in the meantime,
I know something that I can do. I can let there be a roar of prayer, a roar of praise. Let there be a roar and a voice coming from the palace of praise. Why? Because when we let God know how much we love him, then we are displaying that we have hope in God and he is the strength of his people. Hear me tonight. The enemy wants to silence the voice of this church. He wants us when we pray to be a bunch of intimidated people that can't lift our heads, we can't pray, and we don't want to pray out loud. He doesn't want us to praise. Why? Because he's trying to lie to you and say it. You don't really need to pray praising me because you're not perfect. You've been making mistakes this week. You know what he's trying to do? Get you to silence your voice so that there's no voice of praise and prayer coming from who? The people of God are coming out of Zion. You need to realize in that verse he said he's a thief, but also he is a liar. He is the liar and the father of lies. He's lying to you to steal your victory and steal the victory of the palace of praise. I hope I can light a fire under you. I need more people that are willing to lift your head and pray out loud and start claiming some things in the Holy Ghost and quit being intimidated by the devil. Oh, that didn't go over very well, but it's the truth. <laughs> I need individuals that says, I don't care what all the other people are doing. My hands are going up. My voice is going to be lifted, and I'm going to praise God with everything that's in me. Hey, buddy, you don't realize I'm not 20 years old anymore? Did you realize I preached really hard this morning that every bit of my clothes are soaked and I didn't take time. Sorry, you may not want to get close. I didn't take time to go home and take a shower and change my clothes. Why? Because I ate and got right back to the house of God to study and pray and get ready for this message tonight. But this morning, when it was worship time, you found me right down here giving it 100% and dancing before the Lord and raising my hand and giving it 100%. I didn't look around to see where you are because I've got something I'm doing. I'm worshiping God. I'm praising God. Again, I'm not 20 years old. I'm not 30 years old. I'm north of that, way north of that. But folks, when I come to the house of God, tonight I'm so worried in my body, I tried to lift my hands and I was getting cramps in my shoulder, but I wasn't going to let the enemy steal from me. So I was the reason why tonight I could only get my hands like this and begin to worship God because I wanted to let the devil know, honey, God gave me a word for the church tonight and you may try to get me physically, but I'm going to roar with my praise. I'm going to roar with my worship. I'm going to give it 100% because I I believe in God. I'm giving it everything I got because God is my hope. God is my help. Oh, somebody clap your hands and shout it to the Lord. Hear me tonight. I'm almost done. Another 45 minutes and I will be done. You may be seated. You're saying, Pastor, would you please get done? I'm getting to the best part of my message tonight. First Peter chapter 5 and 8 says this. As a lion. Everybody say as. as. A lion. 
Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? Are you ready? Revelation. Five. You know that's in the back of the book? Revelation five. Verse five. It says this. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold. Behold what? Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The devil is a wannabe lion. But God is called the lion. It's called the lion of Judah. I preached this this morning. Our God is the real deal. And I'm not having fear in my mind or in my heart of what men will do. And I'm not going to fear what the enemy can do. You know why? Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. Hath prevailed. I preached this morning, the Lord your God is a God of gods. The Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. I need to let somebody know tonight, honey, the enemy is only trying to act like a lion, but we have the lion of Judah on our side. He's not a pretender. He is almighty. He is almighty. Oh, could you stand to your feet as I read my last verse tonight? Oh, hear this tonight. According to their deeds, according, he will repay. Fury to his adversaries. Fury to his adversary. Recompense to his enemies. I'm here to tell you, the devil has a day coming toward him. My God is able to stop every spirit that's troubling the palace of praise. But if he don't do it tonight and he don't do it tomorrow, the devil's definitely not going to stop me from being a voice that's saying my God is still good, my God is still the best, and my God is still the almighty. You're not going to silence me, devil. Are you ready? So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. You ready? When the enemy, when the enemy shall try every window in the house. The Holy Ghost gave me that, folks. And every door in the house. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. Unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob. Woo! As, as for me. Everybody say, as for me. I'm taking this promise personal tonight. As for me. This is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. As much as he said it's his, then if I'm his child, then it's me too. My spirit 
is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of this thy seed's seed, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. All I can say is, devil, give it your best shot. You know why? I got a promise from God that when you start rattling our windows, my God is able to raise up a standard against you and build a wall round about the homes of the palace of praise and protect everybody that is here from the spiritual attack of the enemy. God is able to give us deliverance at the palace of praise. There may be an aggressive enemy, but can I tell you, we've got an aggressive God too that's able to match strength for strength because the serpent of God can swallow up the serpents of even the devil himself. Is there anybody in this house, you've been in a battle for a while now spiritually, financially, physically, mentally, spiritually and you need God to do something in your life I challenge you tonight I asked you right now are you willing to get bold in the Holy Ghost hit this altar and don't bury your head raise your hands and let there be a roar that comes out of Zion the praise a prayer of seeking the face of God until God gives you deliverance Jesus, Jesus, are you tired of what the devil's doing to you in your home? Then roar in the Holy Ghost. Lift your voice and cry unto God. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then will I hear from heaven. God will hear and God will work. Come on, you have some family that need to be set free. Come on, we have the Lion of Judah on our side. Woo! Here we go. I claim the backsliders God. I claim the sons and daughters God. And if our God is with Woo! us, then what can stand against? I claim our if death, our God. God is for us, I claim their salvation God. I claim our and children God. If our God is with us, I claim us, the seed of our seed God. I claim our grandchildren God. If our God is for us, I claim you God to work. And if our God is with us, then what can stand again? Let the light of Judah hear the church. Let the light of Judah hear the church. Can if I die, 
No one like our God. None more able. Christ our Savior, great and glorious. Oh, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you're higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God. Oh, our God. No sickness is stronger than you. Oh, in no power is greater than you. No wisdom is wiser than you. You're greater. Oh, Lord, you're greater. Oh, no sickness is stronger than you. No power is greater than you. Oh, no wisdom is wiser than you. Lord, you're greater. Oh, you're greater. Oh, no sickness is stronger than you. There's no power is greater than you, and no wisdom is wiser than you, Lord, you're greater, oh, you're greater, oh, our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you're higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Oh, and if our God is for us, who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? If our God is for us, who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? Oh, what can stand against? stronger God you are higher than any other our God is healer in power our God our God oh and if our God is for us 
then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? If our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? Oh, what can stand against? Oh, cause our God is greater. He's stronger, God. You're higher than any other. Oh, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God. Oh, our God. Oh, our yes, our God. You're stronger, God, you're higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. My God, how great you are, how great, how great.
He's so awesome in power, our God. Hallelujah. Our God. Hey, church, hear me. There's a man that stood in this church. I'm fixing to go back and baptize Sister Emily, and she's getting ready, so I'm going to head back there. Man preached a sermon. God's the author of the book. He writes every chapter. As I said, I believe God was upset because when he went into the house of God, they had changed the intent of the house of God. He wanted it to be prayer. They made it materialism. Hear me. God already knows what he wants to write as your next chapter. And he already knows what he wants to write as the end of your story. What's important is, is for you to begin to pray and find out what the intent of the author is for your life. You need to find out why God created you. You need to find out why God has put you at the palace of praise. And you need to find out why he first even saved your soul. When you do that, then you will find peace. You will find satisfaction. And you will find power in the anointing of God. For you will have confidence knowing God is in control of your life. God has nothing but good for you. So don't let the devil steal your joy or steal your future or steal the future of your children. Oh, hallelujah. I want them to sing that song again and you can join with them as a song of praise and worship. If our God is for us, then tell me who can be against us. Damien, you may need to change microphones because we can't hear you that well or they need to turn you up so we can hear you. But I want to hear somebody else sing. Sing to the glory of God. We're going to baptize somebody, Abigail. In Jesus' name, sing it. Hallelujah. Then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? So we sing, our God is greater and our God is stronger and God you are higher than any any other and our God is healer so awesome in power our God oh our God for our God is greater 
And our God is stronger. And God, you are higher than any, any other. And our God is healer. He's awesome in power, our God. Yes, our God. Because no sickness is stronger than you. There's no power that's greater than you. There's no wisdom that's wiser than you for your greater so much greater there's no sickness that's stronger than you there's no power that's greater than you and there's no wisdom that's wiser than you for your greater so much greater we sing our God is greater and our God is stronger 